Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Claude Code, where we suffocate your bullshit and help you reclaim your life. And today I have a guest on, my very first guest. And y'all know I had to go like all the way to the fucking top with this and bring you a quality individual. So please welcome Mr. Cole Luis De Silva. Okay. He is a fellow Canadian. He's an entrepreneur. He's a husband and a new dad. Yep. Paul, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. I love it. Well, first off, thank you for having me on. I'm honestly super yeah. excited. That little intro, I actually really like it. All right. the uh, What is it called? The Claude what again? The Claude Code. Claude Code. Your your uh, podcast art, I love, by the way. Like when you're like this, just like pointing at the camera, it made me super happy. So I love it. Thank you for having me on. Um, so for everybody who does not know me, I am a 29-year-old entrepreneur. Um, I am a business coach for personal trainers. So I help PTs grow and scale their online businesses. I also do fitness coaching, mindset coaching, um, and I own a gym in West Kelowna, British Columbia. So only 29, brand new fucking father. My baby boy is six months old. He's actually trying food for the first time now. So we're like giving him different things. It's hilarious. Um, husband to a beautiful fucking woman, Julia. I absolutely love her. I actually got one of your guys' shirts uh, at the last event, which I didn't even realize that it was you guys that no no side chick club or whatever anti side chick husband yeah anti side chick club yeah. absolutely love it love it love it so just excited to be here excited to shoot the shit I've seen you a couple times on Wes's calls and I see that you're slaying it in your business so this should be fun thank you uh, thank you for taking the time for coming on and I love mm -hmm. one of the biggest reasons I love you specifically is because you don't hold back you speak your mind you're like willing to get banned on Instagram apparently for. <laughs> you know, saying your shit. Mm -hmm. um, I did read that you, you faced financial problems growing up. You dealt yeah. with addiction, alcoholism, like talk a little bit about your background and what brought you to this like mental gangster place. Mm, so I honestly, I could probably tuck your ear off for hours on this. So I'll break it down. Um, I grew up in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. So um, obviously you being a Canadian, you probably have heard about it before, which is nice because a lot of people haven't obviously yeah. in the States, the crime is way higher, but in Canada, there's only certain places that are extremely, um, intense with crime, Thunder Bay being the murder capital of Canada for a long time. Um, saw a lot growing up, experienced a lot growing up. Um, I was a little bit distant to it and then got mixed into it when I was younger. So I grew up like 45 minutes, 50 minutes out into the country for the majority of my childhood until I was around like 14 to 15 years old, but we didn't have a lot of money. So my parents would like scrounge, we moved probably to like four or five different schools from what I can comprehend right now. There's so much that is a blur due to uh, a lot of the shit that we experienced when we were kids. But I've told a lot of stories in the past about how like in the past, I just thought it was normal, but it turns out like myself and my two younger brothers, cause I'm a middle child of five uh, bathing in like three to four inches of bathwater because we couldn't afford to refill the well or uh, going and scrounging for a bunch of deep freezes and filling them up with a bunch of food from friends and everything else in my mind being like, oh, that's just what we do, but more of, we need to fill these up so we can eat for the next three months. Um, so it's like different things that I've started to come to two now that I got older and I understand actual life, but grew up in Thunder Bay, Ontario until I was around 19 at 14 years old, had a massive falling out with my parents didn't really want to go home. So I started couch surfing like crazy. And I actually lived with a lot of people for like months and months and months on end here and here and here kind of all over the place binge drinking and playing with drugs rolling with a lot of bad people from the age of 14 all the way to 19 until I decided to peace out 
from uh, Thunder Bay and moved to Calgary. It was actually like my come to light moment. I thought it was going to transform my entire life. I was like, this is it, right? Uh, we took a road trip from Thunder Bay all the way to Calgary. And I was like, just drinking and partying and going off the whole time. But my half brother, my older half brother was in Calgary at the time. So me and him ended up meeting up. And right when I was supposed to go back on the road trip to Thunder Bay, he's like, why the fuck would you go back home? He's like, there's nothing there. He's like, I left it when I was addicted to drugs. Why the fuck are you going back? You're just going to get stuck. And I was like, well, there's nothing for me here. He's like, well, I'll get you a job. And then when you stay, and I was like, if you can get me a job, I'll stay. So he got me an interview uh, with a ironworking company, uh, Scott Builders. And my interview, legit, no joke, it was fucking hilarious. It was this big Scottish dude, like five, three, even shorter than my short ass. Um, and he's like, can you pick up that beam? So I lifted up the corner of the beam. And he's like, you're hired as a laborer. He's like, fucking sounds good. So I got hired on $18 an hour, told my friends peace. They all drove home. And I just never looked back. Just left everybody, left all friends, left all family, peaced out. I thought it was going to be like the change of my life. And then after around a year of doing that, my body started to shut down because of all the rattling and hammering, et cetera. I got addicted to Percocets to solve the problem. That went on for a year plus, struggled with a bunch of fucking opioids and substances and drinking even more heavily. And then I found fitness and fitness transformed my entire fucking life. Like, did you find fitness or did fitness find you? Like, how do you, how does that even happen? I think it was like, like, I've always had the, the, the dog mentality. Like, obviously I just ran through my entire story in like 10 seconds. Um, but even through that, like living at home, my dad beat the mentality into me of like, do the fucking work. Don't complain. Don't be a fucking bitch. Like, shut the fuck up. We grind as De Silva's. Like, we don't take a step back. So I've always had that, like, no complaining, get to work, no complaining, get to work dog in me. So when it came down to, like, even me being addicted to Percocets, what ended up happening is the more that I would party and the more that I would go out, the more I would embarrass myself because I can drink a fucking lot as a dude who's, like, 185.6. Like, I shouldn't be able to put down alcohol like I am but I grew up like Portuguese heritage we were drinking when I was 14 years old at the family dinners like it's just normal so um I go out and I get super fucked up blackout and then I do something embarrassing and then eventually from stacking up so much shit I just started to have so much self-hatred um and so much like just despise for my own reflection for so long that I just had like a come to Jesus moment one day when I looked in the mirror and I was running out of Percocets because I used to carry around a hundred in my pockets at all times. I used to eat seven plus a day, four on a low day, seven plus on a high day while operating machinery, by the way, and working as an iron worker, climbing 60 feet in the air, scaling beams that were four inches wide. Um, I was running out, couldn't find them on the street anymore because they cost around five to $7 a pill and was like, wow. I'm done. I was like, I'm done. I'm like $20,000 plus in debt. Didn't have any fucking friends. I'm like, I can't control my financial situation. I can't control my friend circle. I can't control anything else in my life, but I can control what I put in my fucking mouth. So I was like, I'm just going to start working on my body and hopefully something will change. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Like when I hear other people's stories, I go, man, like my life so normal, so normal, <laughs> but like, until I was 38. And then that's when it like nearly took me out. But a lot of people I meet, they, their whole childhood was just like moments of just like chugging along. And like when you, so fitness found you or you yeah. found fitness, 
how long before you realize that like, oh, okay, now this isn't just about me. I need to like help other people. Honestly, the again, the timeline is a little bit skewed, but I would say like maybe two years around there. Um, I've got like a couple photos. I unfortunately, when I like went through like my sobriety journey and I started to get away from pills and get away from that stuff, I went through like the same things a lot of individuals do, like pure embarrassment of my past. So I wiped everything. Like you can't find shit on the internet about that individual. Like I blocked out one day and was like, delete, 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 like stripped it all because I couldn't bear to see that person anymore. Um, unfortunately, obviously, because now that I'm a content creator, I'm like, fucking, that would have been great. I should have posted that. But, uh, it was around a year to two years because I was in Sparwood, British Columbia at the time. And at this time when we were standing one of the buildings, it's actually one of the only photos I still have being an iron worker. Um, I'm like standing up on the beam. And after I was on the beam, we took the photo. I came down. I was already in a fitness journey for around like six months at that time, I'd cut out pills, cut out drinking. I swore off women. I'm like, I'm going to fucking focus on myself. Like, it'll be great. Um, And then as I was like meal prepping and working out, one of my coworkers, which funny enough was the same coworker who introduced me to Percocets in the fucking past before I got addicted was like, yo, my girlfriend's brother is with this fitness coach. You should contact him. Maybe he'll be able to help you. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. I got on a phone with him. He's actually now my business partner and my best friend. You met him at the event as well. Yeah. Uh, very fucking loud. Same, same person as me, basically, just black. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I say what I want to say, Daniel. Um, so when it comes down to this, like, I met him. He gave me the kickstart I needed when we were on the phone that day. And then he helped put me through two fitness competitions. I won first place in overalls in both lower level shows. And after I, after the first one, I really knew I wanted to do it because it was like, okay, yo, I went from fucking like literally nobody dead wanting to die to like, I feel the best I've ever felt in my entire life of like fitness is it's got something here. So obviously I did the typical competitor. I'm going to be a coach now. And he's like, no, you're fucking not like win your next show and we'll have a conversation. So um, he kind of put it out there as like a challenge. Like he didn't think I was going to do it. He's like, you got to get get certified. So I got certified as an ISSA personal trainer. And he's like, you got to win your next show. And then I'll bring you on as a trainer on my team. So I did them both in six months in between shows. And then he brought me on and that was it. Wow. Cole, mm-hmm. that's rad. That is that awesome. Dope. Yeah. That's fucking dope. It's like, what do you think about, I always feel like people who become really successful have always have like a, something that happened to them. Yeah. Like, that almost destroyed them. Like, what do you say to people who maybe don't have that? You know what I mean? Like they don't have that. What? Well, I've never gone through something that almost destroyed me. Like, like I find it hard sometimes to push people who haven't gone through that to elevate. Cause it's like, nothing's pushed them out of that comfort zone. Yeah. I think you just got to do exactly what you just said. Chase discomfort. Like you said, nothing's put them out of that comfort zone. You need to chase discomfort. I honestly agree a hundred percent. Like, I think it's almost a crutch to have never been through anything Yes. because you don't understand what it's like to overcome. You don't understand what it's like to break through that barrier, break through that ceiling, level up who you are and actually fight against what's happening. Unfortunately, like it definitely sucks. Cause I've had pe- a lot of people come up to me like that being like, well, I don't have the same story as you. Like I've never been through right. anything. And I'm like, that sucks. Then you got to chase discomfort. Like this yeah. is why now, and it was actually funny when I met my wife, it used to make her very nervous. Every time, like I would get anxious, 
she would get anxious because if I get anxious, that mean, I'd dive all in. I'd drop like 30 K I'd fucking move us to another place. I'd buy a house. Like we bought our first house in a week because I was like, we need a fucking home. I'm done. I'm like, I, when I feel anxious, it's like, we're about to make a big move because oh, it was wow. the anxious feeling of dropping pills. And then I'd made a decision. And because it benefited us so much, I like sprint towards that feeling. As soon as I feel that discomfort, I'm like, Oh, I got to do it. Like, because that's through discomfort, you level up into the individual you've always wanted to become. So I chase it. And when I feel it, I'm like, oh, that's the path. Like, yeah. that's what we need to do. Yes. I always talk about, I kind of feel like we're in a trap here. Like this planet is kind of a trap and the trap wants you to feel comfortable. The trap yep. wants you to feel like, you know, coddled. So when you have that feeling of like fear, doubt, anxiety, that's you trying to get out of the trap. And that's the trap trying to push you back in. And that's yep. why you have to like definitely keep pushing toward. I love that you said like chase discomfort for people who haven't. Yeah, hundred percent. Like if you're looking to change your life right now, this is what I tell everybody. I'm like, you're going to have so many paths in front of you. And I even told my little brother this. So he did, what was it? I think fucking four years of university, two years of a uh, like in the actual hospital doing a little bit of work and then became a registered nurse. So he was doing nursing out of a group home or whatever the fuck they're called, nursing homes. Um, and when he wanted to get out of it and he wanted to like start his own entrepreneurial journey, I'm like, write down 10 things that you're passionate about. And then look at the one that like gives you that feeling that like, I'm like nervous to start it or I'm nervous to lean into it because like, that's the thing that you actually want to do. That's the path that you want to take. But that nervousness, like that's the discomfort that you're not willing right now to push through that you need to be chasing in the first place. Oh, I love that. Did you mm -hmm. have that feeling when you got your R8, which by the way, is my <laughs> dream car. Did you have that feeling when you were like, cause I know I just bought a Porsche. I think you know that yeah. I don't have to drive it till September, but there's still that feeling of like, oh my God, can I, can I do this? Yes. So uh, to a certain degree, and this is where like, this is where I, I obviously like, it's weird to fucking say, but I'll say it anyways. I like love the fact that I used to be an addict because like when I commit to something, I commit all in and there's no going back, no nervousness and no regrets. And the aspect of when I first think of something, there's like a little bit of nervousness. But as soon as the decision gets made in my mind, it goes away within like a split second. And that's why, so my wife and I lived in a 600 square foot apartment for around three years. We've been together for six years. So we've been to like half our fucking relationship together. We were in a 600 square foot apartment with our pit bull, no cars, nothing. Um, finally, I was like, I need to fucking change. We cannot live in this house together anymore. Like we need a bigger home. So we went, looked at houses. We saw one house in within like a three day span which was the show home. And we bought it within fucking seven days. Cause I was like, this is it done. And then we did the same thing with our home in Kelowna. Uh, we like came out here a couple of times, didn't find the one we wanted. I snapped again. was like, fuck this. We're always traveling back to Kelowna. Why the hell are we still in Cochrane? We flew down here within two days. We picked our home, put in an offer, bought it, sent everything over. And then it was the same thing with the R8. I was like looking at vehicles, like, you know what? And then the, like the, the logical one, I'm just going to hold off for a bit. I don't need a whip. I don't need a car. And then somebody called me and they're like, you do know that they're discontinuing that car next year, right? So the price is going to probably shoot up at like a hundred grand. And I was like, what? They're like, oh yeah, they're discontinuing all our eights with all naturally aspirated engines because they're going to hybrids now because I want everything to be electric. 
So I literally called up the guy and was like, yo, pull it out the garage. We're going to come test drive it. I test drove it, bought it the next day. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it's when I make up my mind, there's like no, yeah. no butterflies. No, no. It's like, okay, this is what we're doing. Like yeah. it's just game over. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, and, and what do you think makes you so good at just deciding so fast? My gut usually is never wrong. So I oh. trust it. Yeah. My gut is usually never wrong. So I trust it. I, I figured that out at a very young age and the aspect of like, I can sit here and debate the thing that is stressing me out like crazy, or I can just take action. If I follow my fucking face, it will never be as bad as when I was fucking addicted to perks, literally laying in my own puke. Like, like again, that's right. <laughs> and that's the truth, right? Like it's fucking straight up. I, even if I fuck up now, it would have to be so drastically intense to be worse than it was before. 100%. And I love when Wes says, like, if I lose everything, like, take it all away from me, nothing's going to be as bad as, like, when he was in jail for 10 years. Or, like, for me, like, nothing will ever feel as bad as, like, suicidal ideation and postpartum depression. And it's like, yeah. at this, after you survive something like that, it's like, all you can think is, like, forward. Like, I'll be damned if anything just holds you, pulls you back. Like, I'm not yeah. going there and you know um okay let's see i liked how you said on your website you said something about separating yourself from the pack Mm. which i feel like is a lot of people are so scared to do they overthink they're worried about what this person's gonna think people are gonna judge them get shut down what what gives you like the fucking balls to say what you say Uh, this is actually funny. So like, first off, I want to caveat this and say something. We all care what people think. Like we all do, period. You can't say, I don't care what other people think. Even you, Kyle, call you out. You do. All right. There's a part of you that does, but you've built up the resilience and the mindset and the bulletproof skin to be able to move forward, regardless of what they think of you. Cause like, if somebody, like you get 150 messages in one day being like, fuck you, I hate you, go kill yourself. You're going to feel a certain way. I know because I've had it right? Like everybody has had it. And yeah. even though I can tune it all out, there's a tiny part of us that will still associate with those messages because of the fact that we're humans, but you could build up the resilience and the mindset to be able to push forward regardless. And this is where I started to build up mine. I was like, there was a big part of me that wanted to be liked for a very long time. Um, and I think it had a lot to do with my upbringing and the fact that I didn't feel like I was good enough. There was so much shit that happened between myself and my parents, my siblings, the people around me. Um, and then I just reached a point in my life where I was like, no matter what I fucking do, no matter what path I go down, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, no matter how I operate, somebody has something to fucking say. So I'm done. I was like, this is me blanket statement. If you don't like it, go fuck yourself. Like I, like I don't, it doesn't bother me anymore. Again, right getting 150 messages in one day, losing their fucking minds is a small part of me that might be like, am I doing something off right now? But then I just realigned myself with my vision. Like, listen, if Mr. Beast, do you know who that is? No. So Mr. Beast, if you guys don't know who that is, go check it out. I urge you to as well. I think you'll be blown away by this. He is the biggest YouTuber in the world, has over a hundred million subscribers on YouTube. Okay. He just gives money away. So he does videos where he will like bring in a bunch of cash and give it away. To give you a breakdown, he cured a thousand people's blindness in the States, all right, for free, just brought people into a a doctor, paid for it and cured a thousand people's blindness. Then he put shoes on 20,000 children in third world countries 
And then he got hate like crazy on the internet. It blew up like crazy, a bunch of news articles doing stuff about him. So if he's going to get hate for doing all of that, people are going to hate me regardless of what the fuck I say. So I might as well just be me. So you hate the real me and not the fake me. I love that. Right? Hate the real me, not the fake me. Exactly. I'm like, because I used to be, the reason why I wanted to caveat the beginning of it and say like, no matter what, at the end of the day, humans, we care what other people think is because like, I can sit here and say, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. And I do say it a lot. Like, I really don't care what people think. But at the same time, I also have stopped saying that to a certain degree because an individual who's never worked on their mindset before, who's never experienced being authentically themselves online, you guys go start spitting facts or spitting your true opinion. You're going to get hammered real quick because individuals don't like the nail that sticks out. And it's going to be hard for you to deal with that. So it took me a long time to build up this resilience. It took me a long time to build up this mindset, Um, especially because I was the one beating myself down for so long. Like I hated me. I hated my reflection, the way that I acted, the way that I looked, the way that I felt on a daily basis. So it took a lot of resilience and power, like move through all that negative self-talk and then the negative talk from the world of me just wanting to be myself. And then it finally reached a point where I'm like, okay, now I can block out the noise, say whatever I want on social media and hope that meta doesn't fuck me at the end of the day and take it down. (laughs) I know. Mm -hmm. Oh, they can't handle the truth, Cole. They can't handle it. It's happened so many times, like so many times. I've done like at least 15 videos in the last six months that just go poof randomly, which doesn't even make sense because there's even videos out there that say the same thing that I say. I think it's just because I get spam reported for being very oh yeah in your face. Yeah, same. Like I got reported for posting my son who is two years old with his shirt off and oh, I yeah. got taken down and reported for child nudity. Oh, I Welcome to the game right here. I do. I So brand new baby boy. I'm not going to say the actual term because I don't know where this is going to be posted. And I don't want anybody to get flagged, but brand new baby boy. I'm holding him like this. Somebody's like, is that a girl or a boy? So I took a photo like this of me, me and his face, little selfie. And I said, um, it's a boy. I would show you his blank, but it won't fit in the screen. And it boom, my whole Instagram shut the fuck down. I got like caution signs on it since that day, the last six months my reach has shot down by over 50% across the board. Everything, everything's lowered by 50% on my IG across the fucking board. Views on stories, views on videos, outreach. My account will not be recommended to the public, all of it, because it was like child pornography and blah, 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 blah. Like it got fucking bad. What? <laughs> For making a joke, saying that his thing won't fit in the screen. Oh my, I can't. I, mm-hmm. I really can't. Um, God, people are fucking, (laughs) I know, I know. I, the first time I ever posted something in this realm of like, of weight loss and like being kind of ashamed in the body you're in Yeah, working for this direct sales company, which you can't, you don't work for them. You're, you're an independent contractor. Yeah. Um, I got fucking, I mean, massacred and then the company canceled me they can't technically fire me but they're like clothes not allowed back and I remember having Wes on the phone that day like like you said I don't care what people think but that amount of negativity and hate all at once it angers you it it you're like wait but I'm not this bad person yes and that's it that's it everybody needs to hear what you just said for a second because a lot of individuals don't understand the concept of getting hate and learning how to navigate through it All right. You need to understand that people aren't attacking you. They're attacking the statement that you made due to how it made them feel. 
Yeah. That's a big fucking thing. That's like a sh- understanding that shifted my entire mentality and helped me deal with it so much more because I hear you. I've done that before. I've said something and then it was like, boom, got flooded. I actually got dropped from a, a supplement company in the past because of that. I made a post online. Now, listen, I'm a little fucking savage with the way that I deliver stuff. So I was sick of women um, in my program when I was a fitness coach because I trained a lot of women in my program. And they continuously said, well, I don't know if I can lose weight because I'm big bone because that's a classic thing that fucking old moms used to tell their kids, which is a fucking myth. You're not big bone. Wake the fuck up. Um, so I wrote on a cardboard sign saying you're fat, not big boned. And I held it above my head and I posted it on Instagram and fucking Calgary and it exploded. And like, I got called by the supplement company. They're like, if you don't take that down, we got to drop you. Like we can't deal with the hate. So many athletes are calling. And it was like, it got ruthless. They got like 400 calls in one day. How dare you sponsor this guy? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> how dare you sponsor someone saying the truth saying the truth talk about how big bones are in the fuck it was so funny it was so fucking wow. funny. it was really good but we need we need people like us on this planet yep. that's for I sure agree. um okay let's pivot here a little bit if yep. you don't mind and let's t- let's get to know a little bit of you know husband cole mm. daddy cole um when did you said you met your wife six years ago? Yep. And how does she feel about the work that you do? Um, and how is how is your relationship with her now that you've had a baby as well? So uh, I hope she fucking loves the work that I do because she's seen me completely transform everything. Um, I'm not gonna lie, over the last like six years, there's been like a lot of growth and progression that we've had to gone through go through because we actually met. And I'll tell this story because I know that you'll get a crazy good laugh at this because everybody does because it's very weird. Um, so we met at the same construction company. She worked in the office as an estimator and I worked in the field as an iron worker. Now, we met during a paintball team building exercise that our company put on. Now, I'm good at paintball. I'm going to talk my shit. I'm fucking, I grew up in paintball. I grew up in the country when in Thunder Bay. Like I do like playing it. Anything where it's like violence, fighting, sports, big surprise I enjoy it um so <laughs> we played and I was like oh yo put her on my team we ain't losing a fucking game for the rest of the day like this is gonna be fun so got her on my team I whooped everyone's ass for like seven hours but then the last game our master to fog up right so like I don't know if you, have you ever played paintball before no so it's a blast all right it's a blast but like when it starts to get a little bit cold outside obviously you're sweating from running around my master to fog up so I'm hiding in a bush and I'm like cleaning my mask off and I heard a noise. So I just started shooting. Well, it turns out it was my wife bent over and I shot her in the vagina multiple times with a paintball gun. And <laughs> I was like, so like, oh my God, like first time I've been like fucking off in my life that I was like, yo, it was great to meet you. Goodbye. And then I was like, fucking it's like, we're just peaced out. And then our secretary was like, I've never fucking seen Colby that nice to anyone in my life like this. He's never been like that before. So then long story short, we ended up fucking getting together and fucking hanging out more, um, progressing. It was good. But yeah, she came to my first fitness competition, saw me step on stage that day. We actually started dating. That's why I'm like that date is etched in my mind, no matter what, November 5th, 2016, a day that I cemented my sobriety and will never go back and fucking transform my life in fitness and started dating my wife. Um, 
completely transform them. Like she is my ride or die. Like she met me when I was nothing, had nothing, had no money, had no business, had no vision, wasn't really going anywhere. And now fucking six years later, I'm like, we got two seven figure companies transforming fucking lives all over the world. I'm like, she is legit my rock in every aspect of the word. I fucking love that. And does she work or is she staying at home with baby now? So right now she's just at home with baby. Um, Around, I always fuck up the date. I think it was July 19th, 2019. Um, And the fact that I can even get that close is because a memory popped up my Instagram and I was very happy. Uh, But I retired her from her job. I took her out of all fucking office works, took her out. I was like, you're done. No more working for somebody else. You want to do whatever the fuck you want to do. Just do it. I don't care. Um, She became a fitness coach. So she was actually helping with, so my best friend, my business partner, Brian Mark, where we run our companies, his wife, Cursed Mark, uh, runs her own low ticket fitness community and more. So Julia became a fitness coach with her and was running a bunch of stuff. Uh, but as of right now, she's just humbling up a baby. So she like took a step back from that. She just working with Cade, which honestly is the fucking blessing in disguise because if it wasn't for her right now, I don't know what we'd be fucking doing. I'm like with me grinding as much as I am every single day, calls on calls on calls, working my ass off. She's able to work with him all day. Like his room's actually right above me. That's why I keep looking up. Um, wow. It's a fucking blessing in disguise. It's a great. Cade is your son, right? Yeah. Cade Wolf De Silva. I made his middle name Wolf 100%. I love that. I love mm-hmm. turning sheep into wolves. That's what yeah. you do. I love that. Um, do you believe in like man, male, female, like roles? Like yes. what you do? Yeah, 100%. Now, and not in the aspect of like, I'll make all the money, you go work in the kitchen type shit. More in the aspect of like, I just want to give her the opportunity to do whatever the fuck she wants. But I'm very, I need to make sure that I'm doing things to keep this household going. Now, if she wants to start a fucking business right now, you want to make some mad money together. I'm fucking fully into it. That sounds good to me. And I've told her that before. Um, But at the same time, like I also told her, like, I need to be grinding. I'm like, I'm not wasting time on fucking cleaning the kitchen and shit like that. I'll hire someone to do it. I'll get somebody to break it down. But I'm like, if in my soul, I feel better when I can just give her everything. And that's why like I sleep maybe three to five hours a night because I wake up at 3 a.m. Make sure I get all my fucking fitness shit done. So it's out of the way. I try to grind as much as I can every break that I have. I try to go spend as much time as I can with them now because let's be real. Fucking Cade was getting a little bit weirded out for who I was for the first little bit because I was grinding so hard. So she fucking cracked the whip on me and was like, get the fuck back up here a little bit. But yes, I believe in grinding it out like that. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can keep like, we keep the organization in the house, the, yes. you know, the back, the balance as it were. Yes, I agree. The weird, weird word balance, but yes, I get, I 100% agree. I'm like on the way that I look at it is I don't want her doing anything that she doesn't want to do. And I'll never let her work a nine to five again, period. Because as soon as that happens, our freedom's gone. So that'll never happen. I'm like, but you want to start a business, do fucking, she loves building stuff, real estate. I do not give a fuck. Take whatever money you need. We'll make whatever money we need. Go do it. That's what I want for you. And we'll grind it out and build an empire. That's all I care about. Love it. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And how do you like being a dad? I know you, you've talked a little bit about how that has, that, how that's hard, the difficulty mm-hmm. of becoming a dad. Um, what's like your favorite and maybe like least favorite thing about it? Um, my favorite thing is watching his personality come into play. Um, it, it melts my fucking heart watching him and like seeing him start to become a person. It's very, very cool to me. Um, I think another like favorite part would be the fact that 
like he's so innocent and I want to like be able to keep him that way as much as I can, like fucking not experience the bad shit. I found myself like breaking into tears a little while ago because I walked out into our kitchen. He was sitting on the counter and I like looked at him and then looked at the view from our house. And the view, guys, we live on the mountain in West Kelowna, British Columbia. So like we're at the very top. You see the whole Okanagan Lake, like the mountains there with the view and everything. It's beautiful. Wow. Um, so I saw that it was like my body broke a little bit because it was like this kid will never understand my pain that I've been through ever, um, which brings me to the worst part. And the worst part is his like anxiety screams like that shit. It, I've gotten way better. Um, and I'm like, I've definitely not been violent with him. So I want to preface that. But his like anxiety, his scream, his like cry brings out the depth of anger for me. Like from when, when I was a kid, like getting yeah. fucked up and going through all that shit. Like I almost didn't have a kid. Um, Julia had to like fucking basically give me an ultimatum in the aspect of like, you told me you wanted a child. And then when it came close to having a kid, I was like, I backed away a little bit because I got scared of becoming the individual that I grew up with. Um, even though I fucking love my parents and like, we've gotten way closer in the last little bit, but there's a lot of fucking deep, deep, intense memories from my past that are dark, that would scare the fuck out of some people. And I thought that person was going to come back. So when that he, he cries, like the first three months, it was fucking bad. Like it was very bad. Like it, to the degree where it scared Julia. And even though I didn't hurt anybody and I didn't break anything in the house and I didn't hit anybody. It was like, you could tell like the whole energy, the home would change. My dog would walk away. It was yeah. not good. It was yeah. fucking a terrifying moment where I'm like, I fucking, I didn't know what to do. I thought he was going to die. I was having a fucking nervous breakdown. It was not fun. Oh, yeah. I, I, I tell people all the time, like, I don't, you're not fully human until you have a, a child. Yeah. And because the amount of triggers that awaken within you and the amount of like growth that they force you. Like you can't be like, nah, no, nah, nah. Do it. You, you, you have to, if you like, you brought that kid here, you have this responsibility now to like level the fuck up in a major way. In and every way. the cries, they trigger something in us. Cause like you said, like our childhood. Um, but I, I commend you for doing that work and for not losing your shit, because to me, it's so easy to lose your shit. It's so easy to give in and, and fuck it, but to keep confronting that shit and like working on you is massive. Well, I think it was the biggest thing. Like th there was a bunch of different shit that I've been looking into and that I've embraced and more, but it was one of my friends just said, sit in it because obviously like if people listening to your podcast, understand feminine and masculine energy, which I'm assuming that they do based off of who you are and how you speak, uh, like masculine is very fix it, fix it, fix it. And like, that's just what I want to do. That's how I grew up. It was like, like, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've heard the term, like, if you keep crying, I'm going to give you something to fucking cry about. So that was my entire mentality. Like, it was the whole, like, like, shut the fuck up. Why the fuck are you crying? Um, but you obviously can't do that. So a lot of it was like just dealing with it, putting them down and leaving the room and losing my fucking shit um, on the closet or whatever. And then sitting in it. One of my friends is like, Cole, stop trying to fix it. Sit in it. Yeah. Like, next time you're angry, like, you got to tell Julia. Like, I love you. Fuck off, please. And I would just hold him and my fucking head would be red. And I'm just letting him scream and lose his fucking mind at three months old. Cause he also lost like a pound and a half because he, uh, Julie had a C-section. So she wasn't breastfeeding as well. Um, we went through like the baby formula. There was a bunch of shit going on the first month. So it was a big, big fucking headache, like across the board. There's a lot of emotions across the board, but just sitting in it, 
like allowing myself to be like, okay, it's okay to be angry. Like you're not a bad person for not understanding how to fix your child. Who's a legit less than a month old. And when I started to like sit in that and understand it, my body started to feel a little better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And it's like night and day now, like I'm a completely different individual. And it's not even just with him. Like people see me that haven't seen me in a couple of months. And they're like, you're just different. Like your whole attitude is fucking 100% different. Yeah. Yeah. That's massive. And I, I like that you're, that you talk about it. Cause we talk a lot about how it's hard for women, you know, like yeah. that transition of becoming a mom, but it does affect the dad too, like yeah. in, in a major way. Um, okay. So before we go, Cole, thank you. Um, can you tell people where they can find you, um, best place for them to go to follow you and hear more of your wisdom of course. So I've got a podcast. It's called Wake Up with the Wolf. We're over 400 episodes or something like that now. Um, and then TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, it's all the same tag. So Cole Lewis Da Silva, um, C-O-L-E-L-U-I-S-D-A-S-I-L-V-A. Awesome. And biggest advice that you want to leave my audience with today? Mm. So first off, before I go into the advice, I'm going to preference the find me place. There's a lot of fucking fake people out there trying to be me. Okay. So it is, it's just C-O-L-E-L-U-I-S-D-A-S-I-L-V-A. There's no underscores, no periods. No, don't get fucked. Okay. I don't sell crypto, please. Um, it, it, it's crazy. Me and Wes have the same thing. Like our accounts are getting fucking attacked on a continual basis. It's literally insane. But be- biggest piece of advice I could give people. I feel like I could ramble forever here. Um, right. So hard take messy action. We'll just do that. Take messy action. Like whatever you want to do right now, you will never be perfect at it. So stop fucking thinking and just do it. Every piece of success that I have today, 29 year old, 29 year old entrepreneur, I'm running two seven figure businesses, traveling the world, speaking on stages, got a fucking beautiful wife, son, brand new Audi R8, $2 million home, literally came from three generations of my family, my grandparents sleeping on dirt in Portugal to where I am now. Like everything that I've achieved in my life is messy action. And I've gone through hell and back from fucking thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars in debt, addicted to drugs, struggling with alcohol to now 100% sober, having drank in over 500 days, no fucking substances at all. Like messy action is the fucking thing. I think about it. I do it. And that's it. Don't overthink. Just Mm -hmm. a, a bad decision is better than no decision. Yes. Just go forward. And like you guys, if you're sitting out there trying to tell yourself you have this excuse, that excuse, like Cole came from nothing and you, you, you heard it from his mouth. He came from nothing. He didn't have like rich parents who showed him the way and knew how to do business. No, he's literally created, you've created this man yourself, Mm -hmm. able to like attract a beautiful wife, have a son, two seven figure businesses at the age of 29, Mm -hmm. like you have no excuse. Just do what he says. Take messy action. Cool. I think you're fucking awesome. And I thank you very much for giving me this time. Of course. And uh, enlightening my audience. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Bye, everybody.